0: Welcome to Basketball on Figueroa, the only podcast breaking down everything happening with the Lakers, Clippers, and Sparks. I'm your host, ever Garcia, and joining me today is Darian Vaziri, aka Dying Dropper, aka Beanie Wear Rocker. What are what we using for this this beanie hat thing going on right now?
1: Beanie Dropper. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't. I never wore beanies out. Actually, only only in the house. Believe it or not. Yeah, well, we are in LA,
0: so that that would probably make sense. Exactly. So All right. How so you doing, though? we start as, as we normally go. How you doing, Dime? And after that, we're going to talk a little bit about future cuz like I got I got to get that in there. But first, how you doing? Um, a little bit
1: better. Clippers are starting to win a couple more games. Thanksgiving week, so that's why actually, you know. It's become my may now say my favorite holiday. Maybe I'd say Christmas cuz I still get some gifts, you know what I mean? But even though, you know, I'm Muslim, so we celebrate Christmas because my parents wanted to celebrate Christmas as a kid just because, mm. you while know, well, my friends were going to do something, right? Can't be the only ones not doing <laughs> nothing in America. So, but I've really grown to love Thanksgiving, and um, yeah, man, very thankful uh to be doing this kind of stuff and doing things that we love, talking about our favorite teams, and my favorite team is starting to do better these days. How about yourself? Lakers, uh, two straight wins
0: yeah yeah two straight wins three of the last four or i think four that's five maybe even check that but yeah they, they got two wins back to back we'll talk about those later and yeah overall same thing Thank, i mean thankful man like every year like especially as you get older you're like man just going around one more time like you're thankful for that because you know every year um so that's not always guaranteed you know we know that right like um so many people you know don't make it the next one for whatever reason so it's always 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 a blessing regardless of you know the highs and the lows and then of course like us you know um i try to make sure no one's really giving me grief for it but i try to make sure i don't complain because i do have a quote-unquote awesome life and it's like yeah it's a lot of work but you know we were just talking all, off the camera about like oh, i gotta do this guy that but I'm like again i get to those things not that i have to i get to it's a gift this game's giving me everything in my life. You know, I live in Los Angeles. I'm covering the Lakers. I'm, I'm talking basketball. I'm writing about basketball. Like, it's awesome. So again, we, it's a privilege to do these things. It's an honor to do them for the people that are interested. And it's a blessing, man. And, you know, yeah, same thing. You, you're agreeing to do this. I'm agreeing to do this. We're working on this. It, it, it's pretty awesome. So can't complain too much. And yeah, just thankful for for the communities we're building and continuing to grow. And, and you know, hopefully we're lucky enough we get to be around one more time next year and do it again and just like you thanksgiving's not my number one i still think it's it's christmas that's just like for me it's got everything it's got the food still it's got the gift giving it's got the gift getting and then you know just the love and camaraderie and kind of like the hey we're gonna wrap up the year we're not working anymore we're not going to school anymore it's kind of got everything but thanksgiving is close and i like thanksgiving because it doesn't have in some ways i like that it doesn't have the gifting. Thanksgiving is just about being around people that you care about and having a good time. That's really what it's about. Food's awesome. If you drink, that's awesome. If not, you know, you're still hanging out. You're off from work. You're off from school. And you're hopefully around the people you care about. It's kind of, it's all good vibes for the most part. So, and since you don't have to spend as much money as Christmas and there's not like that whole like, you know, drop this and do this. It just has the good vibes for it. So it definitely has. A lot going for it um so yeah it, it's it's not my number one but it's right up there and they're bundled together which is nice and then you get football which is cool because I you just say, watch. Chris, like-
1: i was gonna say though christmas that has the one trump card for us has christmas basketball and we usually get at least one really great regular season game at least yes we do but for me this year
0: it's either going to be one of the best or one of the worst you're covering it huh and, yeah and, and which i'm totally fine with i'm covering lakers celtics dying oh, yeah we talked about that I- if I have to write about the Celtics kicking the Lakers ass on Christmas Day, Oof. that that's gonna be a rough one. I know you, you've done you've done the walk of shame from crypto. And doing that with the Celtics winning on Christmas Day, that would be rough. Hopefully I, I don't hopefully LeBron doesn't let me down uh I gonna have to tell that off the record I'm like you let me down today man it's not a good Christmas for me LeBron you know we lost to Jason Tatum this isn't this isn't what I wanted for Christmas uh you know what I want for Christmas but we'll go we'll get into that later before we get into the main games that happen, I have to elephant in the room dime I'm getting to know you more as we do this podcast and learning more about you know your your style and and what you are. And there's a couple things I want to say. I want to talk about, I want to give Dime his flowers before I flame him real quick. Uh Again, I do this professionally. This is my career. This is my path, right? Dime is one of the most intelligent basketball minds. He is a one percenter when it comes to basketball with his knowledge, with his basketball analysis, with his coaching style, his film breakdown, historian, all of that stuff. He is a one percenter. I'm telling you right now, that's just where is this
1: going? But thank you. Where
0: is it? 100%. one He's a one percenter in there. You can call me what you want. I have an opinion on me, but whatever. I know Dime is a one percenter. What I love about Dime that I no longer have, just because it's kind of like it's kind of dulled, despite the fact that he's got that one percenter mind, right? He still has that lizard brain that when the game goes on, he's just like, go, go Clippers, and the other person can die. I don't care. I just want the Clippers to win, right? He still has that. I kind of lost that a little bit, uh, but he still has it, and I love it about him. Why? Because we've been on this podcast for, now we're on episode five. The last four episodes, three episodes have been, James Harden, oh, I don't like this guy. Everything wrong about basketball. It's just tough to root for him, and I'm struggling with it, and we're losing. This is awful. So, Imagine my surprise when I open up Twitter.com, and what do I see? Dime walking out of crypto, face full of joy, like a <laughs> child who got a bike for their birthday, and that's exactly what they wanted, and they got it, and they're just the the exuberance is oozing. And not only that, the joy comes from what a James Harden game winner. And not only that, this is the part where I was like, okay. And what's he doing? He's referencing a Future Hendrix line. 13 strippers, James Harden. I lost my mind. I was cackling in my room, and I'm like, this is not what I expected when I opened Twitter. And you know, when you open Twitter, you don't know what to expect. Dime, what, before we get into all the other games, what was going on in that moment there? T- t- break, it, break it down like a fraction. <laughs> it's so funny
1: that you say that I was so ecstatic because there were, like, two people in my comments that were like, you don't even seem that happy, dude. Like, are you, are, do you wish he had missed because you hate him so much? I'm like, guys, you – you're insane. Like I'm posting a video of me screaming. Like I mean, you know that's that's interesting that you felt that I was that excited about it because it was funny that people were annoying me with that those kind of comments. But yeah, I mean, I always want to see my team win and it was just it was more than anything, it was really funny. I just thought because j- cuz of exactly what you just said, like me coming out of Staples Center, Crypto.com Arena, getting excited about James Harden making a game winner as a Clipper. I mean, It doesn't get crazier than that. It's like just talking about real life stuff, but life is crazy, man. Like in the same way that Laker fans are shocked that they ended up having LeBron, like look at all these stars that have played for the Clippers in the last couple of years, whether they're washed or not, like John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Rondo, like these guys that were, they used to be all stars. And then you got Westbrook and Harden that are still capable of playing at a high level. And then Kawhi and Paul George, I mean, just insane. James Harden being the newest one. It's just wild. So it was electric sellout crowd at Staples Center. So you got to be excited. I mean, I'm still a Clipper fan at the end of the day. So that's what uh, matters most. And also I was mainly excited too, because the change in the starting lineup, which we're going to get to, that is what we were talking about for weeks that, that that needed to happen. Whether it be Harden that goes to the bench or Russ that goes to the bench, it had to happen. And I have more faith in the team now, so we'll get to that.
0: Okay, fantastic. So let's break it down. We'll start in order there. We had first, before we get to the winning, we got to get to the losing. So we had Clippers, uh, Nuggets. I think we both had them losing that game. Obviously, the the Nuggets. I mean, who's beating the Nuggets? Not that many people. So it, it it wasn't really a surprise. I do think that they. I mean, they fought hard, in my opinion. From 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 the game, you know. Obviously, I wasn't rooting for them, but I was also watching it. And really, it was a pretty good game all around, very competitive. That's the one where we got the wedgie, right? We got the the PG wedgie there. Yeah. Uh, the wedgie in did the, the in the, yeah, yeah. It was it was close, and it was to tie the game and. Talk me through that game and then that that play. Before the play happened, I had a vision of the kind of look I wanted to see the Clippers get, you know, for them to take it to overtime. I'd love to know what what you thought, what you would run or what you thought they should have ran or if they did run the right thing. And But before you get to that, just tell me about the game in general and then let's wrap it up with that final play.
1: Yeah, I thought at the time that was the best performance with Harden. It was his best game at the time. Had 21 points. Uh, I don't remember Russ having a very good game, but – it still felt like the rhythm was just a little bit off from the four guys, you know, playing in the starting lineup. It's hard for everybody to get going. But without Jamal Murray, man, they're a totally different team, Denver. They're just not the yeah. same threat. I thought it was interesting that Reggie Jackson outplayed Russell Westbrook in the first half. I mean, yeah. Reggie Jackson, our favorite, fan favorite, one of the most beloved Clippers of all time. But overall, the the criticism that the Clippers got was that. Zubots had his best quarter in a while in that third quarter. He actually held Jokic to an inefficient quarter. And then Ty Lu went small for the rest of the game, didn't play Zubots in the fourth. And Jokic was just dominating us on the inside, whether he was scoring one-on-one or getting double teamed. We had no answer for him. And we're getting tough shots on the other end, a lot of isolation. And I am happy that Paul George uh, took the shot late in the game because I've been talking about how I think that Paul is the better guy for the last 30 seconds. Kawhi seems to dribble too much and not create separation and not get as clean of looks. Paul George's size and his fluidity and his handle, uh, I think allow him and just, I think his legs don't go as quick to be honest. I mean, Kawhi has been through so many injuries as has Paul George, but we know there's a difference. So yeah, Paul George is the guy I wanted. Um, I was very encouraged to be not very encouraged, but pretty encouraged after that game. I think my biggest takeaway was that Denver is just not the same without Murray, but Ty Lou made a mistake, you know, not, closing with zoo but then there was a lot of controversy that he didn't close with russ again Mm -hmm. right so that was controversial because we talked about the memphis game right last time uh, correct yeah yeah. and russ didn't close uh, right so then he didn't close again and the plus minus at that point russ was again positive in that game so he here's what it was he didn't play that great but he didn't play that well i should say but he had a stint in the second half where he was part of positive minutes. So, you know, people were the pro Russ crowd was saying, you know, his plus minus is better than Harden. He should start all this. The takeaway I had was this starting lineup is still not gonna work. It can get better, but it's still not gonna work.
0: Yeah. Um I had the same takeaway. Obviously, we we both agreed that we thought there should be a change in the starting lineup. We'll get we'll get to that in a moment. So that's that remained true. This the result definitely didn't help with that. I don't like to think of good losses, but if there's such a thing as a good loss, this was a good loss. Even though Jamal Murray, yes, without Jamal Murray, I've been saying that with, with about, about Denver in general. Just like any team that's really vying for a title, there's a couple players you just cannot be without. If Jamal Murray's not in there, they're not winning a title, which, of course, I I'm, I think he will be fine. He's, I'm not really worried, but I'm just saying in general, he's out. That's it. Joker's out. That's it. And then really, they really also need those role players to, to be the best versions of themselves to win the title but they're less important without joker and jamal cooking it doesn't matter what kcp does it it just doesn't matter they're not going to win a title because one of those teams you face will be healthy and there you go that's who you're going to lose to so you're right it's not the same denver but again every every game you know we could do this to the cows come home for so many games for so many teams so you play who's in front of you and that's most of them were there so you know ball up right no one's going to Uh, change for you if one of your main guys is out you're going to play it so i think it evens out in general but overall they competed well they played hard um for that final play i don't know i I was thinking of something for me honestly i was looking for a corner three i was looking for maybe like do this do a zipper cut at the top of the key and then aim for like a hammer screen and get a corner that's what i was envisioning like i think you need you need you know you need a three-pointer how can you get one besides just like ISO on the wing and then like step back, which is kind of what they got there. So I wasn't the biggest fan of that move, but I get it. You give the ball to the player you trust and say, Hey, either they're going to leave you one-on-one and if help comes, you kick it out. So I understand we've seen a Kawhi do that um, before. And we'll talk about that one later. Uh, So I understand that concept, give the ball to your, your main player at the end and kind of let them handle it. I kind of wanted more of a a corner three was kind of what I was thinking. And again, the wedgie, of course, as you know, Paul George is going to get clowned for that. He had a great game, but again, okay, people were already, they're looking for a reason. So that was, and it was a pretty funny shot. I couldn't believe it. I was, I was at crypto because the Lakers were playing at the same time. So I watched that from the media, like, area and I had it, like, on my laptop. And I just could, I'm like, that was just like, how could that have been the play? I'm like, oh, it's going to happen. They're going to go to overtime. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh, now it's a jump ball and they don't get the jump ball. And I'm like, oh, what a mess. It was a very funny ending to the game, but ultimately, it's it, it uh, put them at three and seven and kind of continue the streak but I think at this point at least for me I got a sense of okay they're heading there I know they're losing other games but like we're 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 knocking on the door of a Clippers victory um and one thing we were also knocking on the door for was the Lakers right they played the Grizzlies and of course the Grizzlies have just been like awful to be honest they're, they're just a, a sinking ship that continues to sink and uh, the Lakers kind of took care of business there, uh, 134 to 107. Uh, for this game, again, they're just two. Just the biggest takeaway I get is just that the, the Grizzlies just can't do anything right now. They they, they don't have Adams, period. That's done. And then Ja's out until I believe it's 25 games, right? So I just don't know if it's going to matter when he comes back. How big of a hole are they going to get into? So why don't we start with that part? Do you think the Grizzlies season is kind of done just because they still have to play another dozen games or so without Ja? Don't think it's done. I think they'll still be they'll still still be enough
1: time where they have to. They're gonna, they're, he's going to have his work cut out for him, but they can go on a huge run. I don't know if they will, but I wouldn't count him fully out of the plan just yet. I really wouldn't. As far as that game, it was just a remember. Marcus Smart got injured in that game, so when he yeah. got when he got injured, I was like, okay, this is. It was literally like watching a G League team playing against the Lakers. And I, and credit to the Lakers, as you said, you play who's in front of you, you take care of business, and they just smacked them. I thought it was you know, pretty over by by halftime. Lakers had scored 74 points in the first half. So they were cruising. It wasn't really that close. AD had a double-double in 27 minutes. And I thought it was just a solid performance by everybody, including D'Lo, who had 24 points. Great to see that.
0: Yeah, great to see that from D'Lo. Yeah, it was, it was everything was kind of humming and and going great, which is why the next game when we get to there uh, was kind of disappointing. But they did have a back to back. But before that, we also had the Clippers playing, and here it is: Clippers beating the Rockets. There it is. There was the game. Uh, so well, I thought we were going chronological, though. What, what was the one before that? What wasn't Lakers Sacramento? No, but what, wasn't the Clippers game first though?
1: We played on Friday and we played Houston. We literally just played them a couple of days ago.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, so so let's go against. I guess I wanted to uh, uh, hold back on my disappointment with the back to back there. And, and, and so then
1: both both well, LeBron and AD played that back to back. So
0: we, yeah, you we were, were talking about that. One, yeah it's been something that's been an issue that they're will they won't they every single night for like a week already but every single night they've played minus that one time uh ad missed the the rockets game a couple weeks back so yeah we had the back-to-back um i was also at the back-to-back so i'm there also doing it although obviously i'm not playing so it's it's not as difficult for me to just sit there back-to-back nights but that's what made it so interesting right you were just giving Anthony Davis praise for hey, you know, great game, double-double. Well, guess what? The next game, not not so much. It, it wasn't it wasn't too great. Uh Lakers got beat. They didn't just get beat. They got smacked by the Kings. And again, sometimes it's not always if you lose, it's how you lose. And losing so decidedly, losing with Sabonis, just destroying the Lakers. 16 rebounds, 13 and 19, 29 points. Uh Darren Fox had a pretty good game. Herder was like, he was like Hawks playoff herder. He had 28 points, 6 for 11 from 3. And again, a game where Anthony Davis didn't play well at all. He was the, the worst version of himself, right? 3 for 9 from the field, 9 points. 9 rebounds isn't too bad, but it just was a very, very bad AD game. Just about as bad of a performance as you can see from him. Uh, and, you know, it just they just never really had a chance. They fell into a hole right away. I think they were down by as many as 19 in the First quarter and not at the end of the first quarter. I believe there was like four or five minutes left in the first. And I'm like, they're down by 90. Like, how is this even possible? Like, this is ridiculous. And they just never, never really got into it. They did try really, really hard in the fourth quarter, which I was surprised by. Um, again, no moral victories, but kudos to him. I was a thousand percent convinced we were done seeing LeBron at the end. I'm like, look, they're getting smacked. It's the fourth quarter. LeBron already took his rest at the end of the third. Why put them out there when they're down by like, you know, I think 15, 16 points still starting the fourth quarter. And one thing I saw when I was there watching the game was during the the timeout before the fourth quarter started, uh, LeBron actually kind of ran the team huddle. And in my mind, I'm like, is he actually going to go out there? And he was very like, you know, like playoff, like, let's go guys. Like he was screaming, he was animated. I'm like, is he really going to go out there? And then he went out there and I was like, what? And they didn't make the full comeback, obviously, because we just said they got smacked, but they did fight and they forced Sacramento to play the whole game because they got within single digits a couple times during that run. And just, you know, it's just too much when you're down by, you know, 15, 16 points in a quarter. It's too much when there's not going to be another quarter after that to overcome. But kudos to them again. It's not going to really matter too much in the big picture, but you got to take pride in the team saying, hey, we didn't quit and fine, you're going to beat us you're going to play all 48 minutes then because we're not going to let up and uh, credit to them. But obviously the main conversation about this game was Anthony Davis. So what were your thoughts here on this, this Kings Lakers loss on a back-to-back
1: super entertaining game. Sacramento's pace was really bothering the Lakers. Like they got out and ran on everything. It literally looked like they wanted to run them off the court. Cause we know the Lakers, they're going to play slower. That's just what their team is going to look like. And I will say, Sabonis, you know, he really killed AD in that matchup. I couldn't believe it. And, you know, you said enough about AD already. Sabonis, one thing about him is when he gets that rebound and he can just dribble up the court and the the Kings players just go, kind of similar to how the Nuggets can do it, but I would say even though Jokic is a better passer, Sabonis is quicker with the ball in his hands, just a better, more athletic, you know? So Sabonis, he can push that pace a little faster and – they get out and run Sacramento they'll shoot those transition threes left and right. They got great movement to their offense, but Fox, I don't think any Laker could stay in front of him. It was crazy. I mean, he is so hard to guard one-on-one and Austin Reeves, LeBron and AD were way too careless with the ball. This was, you talk about worst version of AD. This was a terrible version of Austin Reeves to me. He was dribbling way too much and going nowhere. And I got to give credit to, Somebody who I think is looking much better defensively this year, and that's Keegan Murray on the kings. Oh, cool. He did a great job defensively on Reeves at the point of attack, mm-hmm. getting over screens. And it just felt like Austin wasn't getting any separation at all. And LeBron valiant effort as well, as you said. You know, he had the triple-double. Um, but six turnovers for him, five for AD, and then D'Lo actually, in my opinion, D'Lo may have he had, I mean, LeBron, you could argue had the better game, but for what we expect from Everybody, I think D'Lo actually was was the best, but um yeah, it was just the youth and pace of the Kings and their duo really outplaying the Laker duo. And I'd say you know you can say Kevin Herter and D'Lo kind of canceled each other out with their production, mm-hmm. but even Harrison Barnes, I thought his defense was really good because they started switching him on a AD, so they they would uh, not because Simonis is not great in the pick and roll defensively. Yeah, but they were switching that Sabonis on a LeBron. Harrison Barnes on AD, and LeBron was trying to give AD opportunities to take him in the post, and he really wasn't doing anything. So that was just a tough one.
0: Yeah. And uh, I want to talk deeper about AD later. It's kind of like a, a main focal point. So we'll, we'll kind of move on from there. But no, uh, all those points are valid. Uh, Harrison Barnes, yeah, I think he had a sneaky good game. Uh, Cam, yeah, like you said, uh, Darren Fox to me is, I, I would have to think about it, but just at, the, at this moment right now, I feel like he's the second hardest guard to guard next to Steph. You know, he's just so athletic, so quick, so fast, so lethal, aggressive in the fourth you quarter. He didn't have to Luka? be. Do you count Luca? If, if I don't think. I, I, I think of him more like as a as a like a a four, like a three and a four, like a wing more than a guard. But if you're going to name him a guard, then, yeah, you're going to put him above. I would definitely put him above uh, Jerry Fox. But the thing is, Luca he'll dominate you, but he dominates you slow. I think the hard thing yeah. about Darren is you have to watch him. He's like a a B, just like Steph. You're like, I can't just guard you. You're going to run here, run there. You're going to, you're going to just make it so taxing on me. You know, I think Austin Reeves said, you know, guarding Steph Curry is like being in hell. And that's what, that's why it's not just the fact that he's going to shoot like out. It's like, not only are you going to shoot, you're going to run here, this screen off this screen, off the ball. I got, to I got to keep you know, it's, it's an annoying thing to do. And then you're going to hit a, the shot over me. It's like, you could have just hit the shot without doing all this extra work, you know? Uh, but obviously that's part of the creating the spacing and the redirection and all that. And Darren Fox has a lot of that game in him. So Cam also was guarding him. He tried again his best. And as soon as I saw Cam, I'm like, look, I like Cam, He's done a good job so far, but I'm like, there's no way he's going to be able to guard Darren Fox. I knew we were in trouble once I saw that match. I'm like, that's his assignment. I'm like, oh, And little did I know actually Sabonis was the one who really caused so many problems. So yeah. All right. So that's the loss. That was an ugly loss for the Lakers moving on to more positive news. Now Clippers rockets, right? 106, 100. Uh, We talked already about the the game winner there uh, late, but, how did the game feel overall, the general flow there? Because there were moments where it didn't look like we were going to be talking about a Clippers win, uh, especially during that first half. So uh, how did you feel throughout the game before we kind of get to the those final kind of minutes there?
1: Well, the news, you know, that came out that day. Oh, that's Westbrook. right. Yeah, yeah. Westbrook to the bench. They said it was that he volunteered. I heard from two different people, including one of the beat writers that came out on Twitter and just said, uh, you know, it's people's fault for thinking that he actually did that. So, man, I mean... It, 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 I don't think Russell Westbrook did, to be honest. Yeah, it's um, so. And his body language didn't reflect that in the game. I mean, of course, he wasn't happy because he didn't play very well. But another game where he doesn't close, he barely plays in the fourth. And I know people were making a big deal about the clip, maybe a little too big a deal about it. But he was the latest to react to Harden's three. Like the latest. It was almost like, oh, everybody's getting hyped. I should get hyped too because then they're going to try to make a big deal of it. Like, seriously, I'm not saying that's what he did, but that's what it seemed like. And his body language didn't reflect. I mean, think about it. Just put yourself in Russ's shoes. He comes to the Clippers, and he's promised the starting spot. He gets his fun playing basketball back, his joy back, as they say. And then he's down for Harden because I guess he's he's friends with him and stuff like that, hoping it could work, maybe not thinking that he's going to get demoted, which might be a little naive of him if he didn't think that. But – now he's on the bench. It's like he's almost getting replaced for Harden. Now he's backing him up. And remember, this is a guy that was Harden's starter back in Oklahoma City. So mm-hmm. it's a little tough, you know, to stomach that. And he, the, all the numbers, the metrics, I know it's small sample size, favored Russ with Paul George and Kawhi starting. But yeah. we traded for Harden. We didn't trade for Russ. We got him back on the cheap. We got him on the cheap. So, and you can, you know, Harden's the better player right now. Does, is he the better fit? I guess we'll never know because now Harden's starting. We didn't really get as much of a, that big of a sample size with Russ, really. So it is what it is. This is the decision they've made. And then now it's all about if Russell Westbrook can buy into this because with the Lakers, yeah, he tried his best as that six man role, but he clearly wasn't happy. And you can see that from his body language in every way. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on it?
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> let's start with the don't believe the report, you know, thing that you said. So obviously I can't comment, comment. Well one, I'm not as I'm not as glued in with the the Clippers inside as I am with the Lakers inside. And two, yeah, it's always tricky when you're like, okay, I mean, that is what was reported, but I wonder, you know? And that happens a lot. That happens with um with trade rumors that it happens with health updates there's sometimes they're like oh i feel great i'm like yeah you're not gonna play today you know like i know you're not like why, why are we doing this whole little you know game but obviously you know selling the story is also part of it and of course if he said it even if i'm extremely skeptical i'm like well i have to report what you said you said that you did okay i mean i can't if i cannot prove or go on the record for the for the opposite reason then i'm just gonna have to reluctantly accept that as the answer. Uh but like you said, it definitely was a lot of um bad optics, the late reaction, the skepticism, and then not talking to the media after a victory, right? That's the thing. All those things kind of add up to it's hard for me to buy even what's being reported because I'm seeing evidence contrary to the fact. And I think that's another one with Russ, the not talking to the media. And of course I understand why he didn't want to hear those questions, but right. Again, you it starts to look like there's something to hide when you're starting to not even if it's not true that you're just not you're not as receptive to certain things, it's like oh well, if everything's cool. Why we, don't you want to talk?
1: We broke a losing streak. You know what I mean. I know Russ yeah. didn't play that great, but it couldn't have been that annoying.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So a lot of like race eyebrows. I think part of me thinks Russ will work it out. I'm not sure what he thinks. I think you know Carmelo went through this during the later part of his career, and, and Russ is to be clear at a better part than Melo was at that time. But Melo yeah. had to kind of humble himself and say, hey, you're not, if you want to be in the NBA, humble yourself. Just hit your threes. You're coming off the bench. That's your role. And, you know, it took him a while. He, he was out of the league for a minute because he wouldn't accept that, right? And then he realized, okay, it's that or nothing. Let me do that. Again, Russ is not at that level, but there is kind of a transition, except for people like Jordan, Kobe, and looks like LeBron, who never have to deal with it. Other than that, every star, if you want to keep playing... You'll have to deal with that or you have to decide, hey, the minute that I'm becoming a bench player, whether I agree or not, I'm out the league. So it's up to you. And Russell will have to make the decision for himself. Is he willing to maybe accept a lower role than he feels he deserves? Or is he going to say, you know what, then I guess I'm done. Just like kind of AI's career could have been longer if he accepted some of those things as well. Like these players who have like this tremendous uh, stature. They have to decide if they're going to humble themselves and do that. I remember Kobe kind of mentioned it. Obviously, he played 20 years, so he didn't really need to worry about it as much. But he did say, I'm never going to be the eight points a game guy. Like, that's not going to be me. If if that's where I'm at with my career, then I'll retire because I'm not going to do that. And he, he stuck to that. Obviously, he played 20 years, but he never had to do that. Do that and he knew he was never going to because his pride wouldn't allow him to stay in the league two, or three extra years and, you know, play for the Wizards for like, you know. 12 minutes a game. He was never going to be that guy. So Russ has decided if he's going to be willing to take not a 12 minute role, but maybe like a 25 and and live with that. I think he will, because I think he can, I think if he does accept that role, it opens up the, like you said, an opportunity for the Clippers to come back to being a pl- deep playoff contender, maybe Western conference, like, you know, contending team, a top team. And again, if you stay healthy, you never know what's going to happen with the Nuggets, the Lake, you know, you have a chance. The West is kind of open besides Denver. So, if Denver slips, it's really open. So, I think he will eventually embrace it. But this is definitely something to keep an eye on as we move forward. And that's the whole thing, like you mentioned, with getting something like Harden. It does create like tension. And if it doesn't go the right way, it can be a disaster. If it goes the right way, this could be the most successful Clippers team of all time. But the scary thing is, both of those possibilities are true at this point. They're very, both are really possible. Door number one is like championship aspiration, door number two is implosion and right now I wouldn't be surprised if either one happens so we're gonna have to wait and see that's gonna be sort of exciting there. Okay um moving on from there we have uh the um following Lakers game which was let me see we after the back to back I lost my place here um that was the, the yeah we have the Portland game so um, the Portland game was interesting because I'm not sure how the Lakers felt, but the last time that the Lakers played Portland, Anthony Davis wasn't available. And uh, Sangoon just ate them up. So I was like, I really hope AD is going to play, and especially after that poor performance. And there was a little bit of comments on, hey, his hip, maybe that was the factor. And he kind of mentioned that it was hurting him. And you did see him, I saw him on the court a couple times, kind of a little slow to like move around a little bit. And he did like kind of massage his hip. I saw him like uh during huddles he would like kind of rub it a little bit you could tell it was bothering him but also the medical people during that loss against Sacramento they they came up to him a couple times and he brushed them off immediately the minute they were they came by to be like hey are you he's like no no I'm good I'm good forget it and he did say after the game it's bothering me but it's not an excuse and like I'm gonna keep playing and to his credit he did against the Trailblazers he played and the Lakers this time around they won this was also an NBA in-season tournament game and the Lakers have for whatever reason they really like these in-season tournament games they've been like killing those games and this was no exception, uh, 107.95. And uh, what I loved about this game as well was we got another just dominant LeBron game. AD had a bounce back game, but LeBron was just on when he was incredible, especially third quarter, fourth quarter. He just put on a show, 35 points, nine nine assists, five rebounds. He was just sensational. Highest plus minus, I believe, in the team with plus 18. And what I like about this year, I think this is the first year, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just my imagination, but I think like this is the first year where LeBron's just getting flowers and almost like no hate because people are like, OK, this is now we're getting to like ridiculous levels of just like utter dominance. And clearly the ma- best, the, the, mo- the main reason the Lakers are winning a lot of these games is because of his position as well, where he's the driving force running the offense. So have you noticed that? Do you see a lot of LeBron hate still like on a night to night basis? I feel like it's gone down a lot. What, what, how's, what's your experience? Just like social media and just like people you talk to around the league about LeBron, his, his play um, so far this year.
1: It's about the same. Honestly, I still see the hate. People are just going to still hate on him. But um, I would say it steadily goes down each year by a little bit, just because it's like, look how long he's doing this. And that's actually the the only Laker game out of the last week that I missed because I was at the Clipper Rockets game. But I did see that LeBron hit three threes from the left wing, and I've noticed that he's been hitting it from that particular spot a lot this season, the left wing. And uh, as you said, with LeBron handling the ball more, I think that really was – increased when Austin Reeves went to the bench because now you have three shot creators in that starting unit, but you have two guys that are not going to shot create. They're just going to feed off of those guys in Torian and Cam Reddish. So now it's really either you're initiating with AD or with D'Lo or LeBron. And, of course, LeBron being the better option, you're going to run him in more pick-and-rolls. You're seeing him do more pick-and-rolls with AD. So that's always going to be beneficial because it felt like the Lakers had gone a little too far away from LeBron AD pick-and-roll. That's still... Easy offense, and you're gonna get good options from that every time. So, yeah, big time game from Braun. and yeah, the in season tournament looks like the Lakers are making a run for that inaugural title.
0: Like I told you, if we win it, it breaks the tie against the Celtics. Oh my god! Well, it, it doesn't break the tie; it gives us a tiebreaker. That's what it does. We'll still we'll still tie for 17 titles, but we're the most successful franchise in NBA history because we got. We do it for the cup, you know, that's what the NBA cup. That's what we do it for. <laughs> but yeah, um, about those wing uh, threes, uh, you're seeing a lot more of those because of the five out offense that Ham has kind of gone for over the motion. That they, They're aiming for that kind of shot. They're aiming for those wing threes whether that's LeBron, whether that's Torian, whether that's Cam, whether that's Austin. So you're seeing a lot more of that because the offense is kind of designed for more of those looks. And then obviously LeBron has been hitting them and then he's going for them. He's slotting himself in that position. They're getting pick and rolls on the opposite side. They're kicking the ball there. So you're going to see more of those attempts. Uh, How much the conversion is going to be, especially on the Lakers, who who are like one of the worst uh, shooting teams right now, at least from the three-point line, still because even though they've gotten hot a few times, they've they've really had some really, really bad – three-point shooting nights but that's the design they want to get more threes they want to get more threes particularly from those sections from the corners from the wings uh not so many from the top of the key really but from those the corner and the wing spots and in the motion offense as you know uh you're going to have a lot of opportunities for that that's kind of what it's designed for spread it out and you know you you cut you crash use the pick and roll you know use the big man as a floater you can also easily switch back to the four uh, out one in by just putting your big in the paint so they're trying to work that out, but so far it's been it's been pretty good. And this was a great example, uh, winning the game 107 to 95. All right, and the last Lakers game from this past week was Lakers Rockets. That just happened last night for us when recording on Monday, so that was on Sunday. 105, 104, the slimmest of margins. And of course, everyone was talking about it: LeBron and Dylan, the villain Brooks again. Another fantastic LeBron showing. I mean, he was just incredible. Uh, again, uh, he had uh, 37 points. So, again, it's just, he's just been just on one lately. Eight, eight assists, uh, six rebounds. And he was, like, just bullying Brooks. He was just spamming, especially late in that third quarter. I remember he had that runner, uh, I think, with, like, three minutes left. And then he did the two-small move. And we've all seen a player get excited and cook and do the two-small. But that was about the pettiest one I saw because he hit the runner – He went to the corner, and normally when you do the too small, you bend down a little bit. He literally put his hand as close to the floor as possible to show how small was too small, which I thought was hilarious. And then he still ran to get back on D so he wouldn't end up uh, creating a fast break for Houston. So I found that to be hilarious. It was just so petty to do the too small, literally as small as possible. And then, of course, more importantly, the Lakers won. He stayed aggressive in the fourth. He hit he technically hit the final free throw to get it. And then again, it's kind of poetic, right? Brooks had a desperation three. Uh LeBron contested it. It just barely hit the backboard. The Lakers win. So 105, 104, Lakers win back to the winning ways, back to back wins there. And then more importantly, they got the win over Houston. So that was kind of the end of that. And and it creates this tension, this drama. Afterwards, LeBron talked about, you know, it's it's good for him. He likes it because it gives him kind of like that extra juice. You know, LeBron's played thousands of games at this point like thousands and thousands of games so anything that can kind of get him a little bit more going is gonna help because again this is just a november or sunday night game but then this guy's over here talking smack it, it it kind of gives him enough of that edge to be like okay do you really want to go there because i can go there and i like how uh, Rui hachimura post game talked about um for lebron this is another game and for brooks like this is like his legacy like can i can i irritate lebron and, and get the win and you know, shout out to Brooks because he he actually had a pretty good game. It just he just didn't have enough and and the Lakers were, got had enough uh in the end to get it done. So what were your thoughts here um of this game and of the whole like LeBron versus uh Dylan kind of matchup there?
1: Super exciting. uh Anthony Davis started out the game really well at eight points in the first quarter, but the Lakers were really struggling in the beginning to hit, and LeBron, I think, had two really, really good cores in this game, the second and the fourth. I think he was kind of the stabilizing presence in that second quarter. Um after after Ham surprisingly to me went with AD and LeBron on the bench for the together for the last 2 minutes and 44 seconds of that first. But LeBron came in, restored order, was being aggressive, but I think what's amazing is the growth of Houston and how they've become a serious basketball team with a couple of additions, neither of which none of which were all-stars last year. Fred VanVleet was an all-star 2 years ago, but he's one of those guys where He probably won't make an all-star team ever again, I don't think. I think he's just going to be a very good player. There's just too many good young point guards in the league to me. But the Rockets were hitting the threes. Lakers could not buy a three. But they got to the line more. And I thought in the third quarter, things changed when the Rockets were just turning the ball over way too much. And AD had 13 in the third. LeBron had 13 in the fourth. So your two stars came to play. looked a little sketchy there at the end when AD got fouled out. But. Better game from Austin Reeves in this one. Was hitting those pull-up mid-ranges coming off screens. And the Lakers overcame poor shooting from Reddish and Torian Prince. Even Hachimura took some really tough, ill-advised shots to me. Tough, contested jumpers. But LeBron, you know, such a solid overall game. Was even playing solid defense. Getting to the basket. And when he hit that turnaround over his left shoulder, because he doesn't usually shoot turnarounds over left shoulder. Right shoulder, he's gotten so yeah. much, uh, so much more improved over the last, Six seven years, but when he's doing that, that's when I know he's really hot. Uh, the little leg kick in the corner and that dunk he had, where I don't know what the Rockets were thinking, there was no show at all from Shingun. just let him no. red carpet run down right through the middle of a man, and uh, <laughs> he elevated and how was the atmosphere in there i mean when he was going off like that you were there right
0: so no um i'm not there for friday and sunday games So those are my days off so those two i wasn't and obviously that was a sunday game so i was i was not there um from everything i heard and saw it was i mean it was electric you know i i actually talked to some of the beat writers you know after i'm like hey yeah they saw that i was never like hey i was there like oh yeah it was crazy in there so yeah i i do know the 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 vibe was electric you can you can feel it sometimes when crypto gets to that level you can even hear it all off you know from home just like the playoff games you could tell those playoff games I'm like oh yeah it's been a while since there's been a lakers playoff game like you could you could tell that the fans were into it and the fans can't stand dylan <laughs> so again he's out there it's not just and that's what like the momentum that, that it creates right there's a little bit of a rivalry there lebron's going at him they can't stand dylan lebron's scoring on him they're, they're getting into it he's getting into it everyone's getting into it and then the the momentum rises and you're, you're kind of having a moment in a game that should just be like, you know, one of 82 on a Sunday like evening, right? It became a little bit more. And then it was close, right? Like you said, Houston did start off pretty well that first half. They, they had like eight, nine point lead at a certain point. It look like, oh man, what's going on with the Lakers? They're, they're, they're not, again, 28-20 in the first quarter. It's like, come on, let, let's do it. And like you said, they stabilized things in the second. And the Rockets didn't go away. And, again, one thing that I'm impressed about with Houston this year is the defense. The defense is so much better than it was last year. That's really the difference to me. That's what's caused such a remarkable improvement. It's been defensive attention has just risen to, like, levels that we just did not see at all last season. And because of that, they're staying competitive. They're staying in games. And when you try hard and give your best effort night in and night out, which is difficult to do in the NBA because it's such a long season. But if you do that, you're going to win. You're going to win, like, about 10 more games than you're supposed to because – You just gave an effort the other team's going to concede sometimes. And even for the Lakers, it was a good game, but they won by one. It, It went down to the wire. They had to push them, and the Lakers were just good enough to get it. But, yeah, you're right. The three-point shooting was awful. Christian Wood was another player that we haven't mentioned. He was 0 for 3 as well. They just they couldn't buy a basket, like you said. Reeves did hit that big three, you know, in, in the, the final minutes there to, to kind of give the Lakers a little bit of a cushion, and then Houston responded, and then LeBron finished it off with that free throw. So they were, they were pushed. They were tested. Great, great, great LeBron game. Very, very good AD game. And the Lakers were able to pull it out. So, um, yeah, overall happy with, with those results there for the Lakers uh, for the most part. Uh, and the final game we're going to talk about here is actually one I, I did miss because I was doing some other work. So I didn't watch Clipper spurs that just happened tonight. Uh, so, Diane, why don't you lead the way here? T- tell me what happened here uh, with Clipper spurs The Spurs without Devin Vassell
1: are going to struggle to win any games. Um, if yeah. Wemby's not hitting his jumper then it's, it's kind of cooked because they don't have very good guard play. They don't have much shooting and Wemby his one-on-one game is, is not really, I don't want to say it's not there because he, he's skilled, but against what, what's going to happen with Wemby right now is you're going to put wings on him, right? Athletic wings. Mm-hmm. And if he can't bully them and get by them, cause they're quick and he's just has to shoot over the top. If his jumper is falling, he'll have a do- decent game. If it's not, then it's, it's not going to be that effective. So, we held him to another inefficient game. We just have way more talent. James Harden had an amazing playmaking game. Russell Westbrook and James Harden combined for 16 assists with zero turnovers. That's gonna be rare. So you can yeah. enjoy that. And it's just the balance is so much better when you have one of them on the bench. The only thing is Kawhi, I'm sorry, Ty Lu has still played them together in these games for a little bit, which I don't really like. But just taking them out of the starting lineup, that first six minutes of each half. It really allows Kawhi and Paul to get more shots without having to worry about deferring to another guy. And Kawhi finally had a game with Harden where he shot over 16 times in this one, shot 17. And Paul George had a very quiet 28 points, but he was 11 for 16. I know that sounds weird, but it didn't feel very in your face. But James Harden, he had some amazing passes in this game. And San Antonio's uh, offense is not really going to scare us. So I thought we played decent defense, but didn't really get tested. But man, you know, you can see the offensive pros of having James Harden on the team, you know, as a third option. It's a great role for him. And Westbrook had a decent game. Had the first 8 points of the second quarter off the bench, taking advantage of the smaller Spurs guards. So, he seemed a lot happier in this game. So, you know what it really is? It really just comes down to how Russ feels about his own performance. That's yeah, what it really that, is That's down. true.
0: When he plays bad, yeah, he definitely he yeah. It's it's rough. He, he can he can be he can be difficult because he's also frustrated. So, yeah, maybe it's that too. we were reading too much into it. It's like, "Well, yeah, we won, but I didn't play well, and I'm and I'm frustrated with myself, and it, it's maybe not it, not in a selfish way, but just you know like frustrated with my own performance. Way.
1: But but it is valid in the sense that you could make an argument that his chances of playing well are better in the starting lineup. He's playing with better players, and he's been used to starting his whole career. And you know he gives you the energy to begin games. That's really good. But mm-hmm. I mean, you love the sixteen uh, assists to zero turnovers thing, but I think something that stood out in this game that we haven't even talked about in this episode. Clippers picked up Daniel Tice to give Mason Plumley some, you know, relief. We know, we don't have any replacement for Mason Plumley that he's out for two months. And yeah. in this game, he literally looked like 2020 Boston Celtics Tice. Like, he was finishing every floater. He made a pick-and-pop mm-hmm. three. We have no bigs on the team that can shoot. Eight for ten from the field. He was making playing good defense. <laughs> and he looked like he was more confident than Zoo in terms of catching the ball and going up quickly. He made some good reads in the short roll. I mean, if if he continues, I know it's the Spurs and it's one game, but if he <laughs> continues, Zubats and Mason Plumlee, you better be careful because, I
0: mean, he could be a godsend. Who knows? Yeah, Zoo Zoo's disappointing me this year. Like, I, I'm sure if I find if I look, I'll find a good Zoo game. But I feel like we're not getting well, any good Zoo game.
1: The best game he had in recent times was the the Houston one. I, I failed to mention that he had a really good fourth quarter. And in this okay. game, he he was better in the second half. He had a double digit rebound game. But he was he was OK. Again, in this game, you're, he's not really getting tested really that much. So I thought he was decent in this game. But I will say last two games he's been trending upward. So okay. that's not a bad thing. But yeah, before the Houston game, he was playing some of his worst basketball he's played in years.
0: Yeah. In, in lo- long stretches, you know, at this point, like you said, it's not a big sample size, but it's big enough where we can start to be like, OK, what's going on? You know, yeah, I know a lot, no, a lot <laughs> with, of fans, fans.
1: a lot of Clipper fans are thinking that Zoo might not be good enough to start in a championship contending any team. A lot of some are, are the, a lot of them are questioning that for the first
0: more so than ever before. There's always been the zoo yeah. skeptics, but it's getting louder. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, when he was a Laker, it was the same thing. I mean, he didn't have that big of a role because he was so young, but there was like, Hey, is this guy even any good? And I was thought, Oh, yeah, I was I was hundred percent upset when, when that trade happened. I'm like, how could we give up zoo? I, I was okay with trading him away. Because he was young, but not for what it was, and all I was like, this this was definitely a fleece, which I, I understand, you know, you know, Magic messed up there. Um, because yeah, I think he can be. It just depends. He's not like a shoe in. Like I don't think you could say, oh, Zoo can be on any championship team. Eh, maybe not, but I, I think you can. You can definitely have him as a starter. There have been worse bigs starting on championship teams. So it just depends on what the other personnel is, and obviously he has to step up and. I think we've seen, I I still feel like we've seen enough zoo to see what he really is. And he can, he's been better than what he's shown, but you know, it's a new year. We'll see. I think let's see another 10 games or so. And if he still really isn't like stringing together games, that's when I'll be like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but like, this ain't your year. Something's up. There might have to be some changes, but for now it's one of those, like keep an eye on and let's see if he plays more like the zoo we know versus the zoo we've been seeing. Uh, Okay. So before we get into upcoming games, I want to talk a little bit more about Anthony Davis because. His poor performance in that loss, it kind of showed me those back-to-backs. Kind of showed you, kind of both ADs. We've talked about AD so much, you know, on on the pod for good reason. He's allegedly the Lakers' best player, and, and he's so important. Even if he's not number one, he's number two, and that's really important. Like I said, him and AD, him and uh, LeBron, just like uh, Jamal and Joker, those are the guys. They're not they're not there. This is all a waste of time. They're not winning anything without those two there. And we saw such a such a visceral reaction from AD's Poor Play. Uh, you know, I was inspired to actually write about it. I wrote on Silver Screen and Roll. I wrote, um, I, I love the title. Obviously, I wrote it, but I thought it was a really good one. I put why every game is a legacy game for Anthony Davis. And that's really how it starts to feel. It feels like when he plays good on Twitter, you'll see, oh, see, this is why the casual doesn't understand. The destroyer of worlds, you know, Anthony Davis, you know, top 75. He's better than LeBron. It's his team now. You Don't you see it? And then when he plays bad, like he did against um against the Kings, excuse me. You see the opposite, right? That's why I told you he's not him every other day. Davis, there he is. If he's hurt, he shouldn't play. Look, he's soft. I told you he all that money, he's not worth the money. Overpaid. <clears throat> I even heard it at crypto. I could hear like the fans were like the booze started happening. I'm like, what is going on? Like, guys, he he just dominated less than 24 hours ago. I get. we're frustrated i understand i'm not trying to absolve him but but we act like he didn't play yesterday and destroyed the team like what's going on so i want to break it down a little bit and and kind of get your opinion why do you feel like it's so divided when it comes to talking about anthony davis just in general because i think people
1: hold him to such a high standard because we know how talented of a player he is and it's never the defensive stuff that people criticize. It's the offensive motor, his aggression and appetite for scoring. But I think one thing that is really important to acknowledge is that he doesn't have the same jumper that he had bubble in before. He mm-hmm. doesn't look as fluid. I mean, he still looks as fluid as it gets for like a big whatnot. but if you go back and actually just watch the highlights of him in New Orleans, he's moving with a lot more pep in his step, quicker off the bounce, just more fluid. Maybe a little thinner as well. And the main thing is, despite all that, I mean, that's normal with all the injuries he's had, but it's the jumper. If he still had that mid-range jumper that's consistent, I think he still would – he wouldn't have as many of those bad games. But it's really the motor to me with AD. It's how badly he wants it because you know how aggressive he could be. For example, against Houston, eight points in the first quarter. It was just all activity. Yeah, he scored two baskets off the pick and roll, but one offensive rebound, one just running the floor hard. It's just – that's what it is with AD. Because you know how he can be when he's when he's really playing his hardest and he's on some I'm the best player type of thing? Then there's those other games where it sometimes it feels like, and I've always said this on Dime Dropper, he needs a bad game to play well again. And that was a huge topic of discussion in the playoffs last year. But overall, I think he kind of quieted those talks because of how impactful he was defensively. But it's those kind of games that – Giannis doesn't really have right. And that and even though AD some like his skill set better, it's that Mm -hmm. motor from Giannis that has kind of killed that comparison in the last couple of years. And it's that those kind of games that make people
0: say, well, it's still LeBron's team. And so far this season, I think LeBron's been better. I do. Yeah. But even though, even though AD, not that we're stat watching, but even though AD has got more points and more rebounds per game, you still you still say LeBron's been better?
1: Oh, mate. Well, I I believe so. Let me look
0: it up. Let me look it up. I'm
1: I'm pretty positive. If that's the case, then it's even because I figured the stats would favor LeBron because defensively it's no comparison. Like, LeBron has had some bad defensive games, whereas AD literally is like – even his worst defensive game is still pretty decent. Like, he, if it wasn't for Anthony Davis, man, Laker defense would not be that good. Their point of attack defense has not been that great so far this season. Like, whoever thought that Cam Reddish would be, like, the best point of attack defender (laughs) right now? Seriously. I mean, I I said Dennis Schroeder would be a loss at the point of attack, but um, I think it will improve Evando but i think dennis was was a loss in that department but yeah
0: no yeah 100% okay i'm pulling up the stats now so right now oh no Le- lebron's got him on points 26 to 22 uh but oh, so there uh, you go. Four, four points yeah. is
1: fairly significant
0: so yeah i'd say lebron has been better by a little
1: bit but it's close i'm not saying it's like you know it's it's very close yeah and ad
0: leads the team in minutes with 35.7 and obviously he's well above rebounds with 11 points of it. and he leads the league in blocks uh he's number one uh block getter and any way you look at it per game totals all of it and and it, it's a decent margin for how many games it's been so like you said defensively and that's the thing i get frustrated with too uh we all do it we don't talk as much def- defense is so much harder to discuss because the stats don't tell the story the only stats we really have that everyone understands is blocks steals Rebounds, right? But defense is so much more. It's switching. It's discouraging. It's redirecting. There, there are so many times Anthony Davis just forces a miss because you know players get happy feet, right? They they hear him coming and he's not even there, or they adjust the shot, or they just don't even shoot it because they see him there and they kick it back out, and then the shot clock expires. And so many, there's more nuance to defense. Offense is easy to understand. Definitely. I scored the basket. I'm a good offensive player. It, it's pretty simple, right? On defense, you you got to do a little bit more work, and we just don't have stats for like discouraging of a shot, right? It's, it's a hard thing, or you know, you missed because you were I rushed you because you saw me coming on the weak side, and even though I didn't actually do anything, I just was showing up. It it, it rushed you, you know. We don't have numbers that kind of uh, exemplify that that we all understand, and we're like, okay, cool, no, this this makes sense. And but even with that, you know, we still have the block number that okay, he leads the league in blocks. And 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 yeah, that that's that's half of the game is defensive. So that's something that definitely I don't know how we can get better at that, just all of us, but that's definitely something I would love for us to do more of because there's plenty of stuff to learn in the offense, but on defense, we just don't appreciate it as much. And that that's on all of us to kind of get better at. Uh, but I think the other thing too that's interesting about AD, like you said. He does have those nights. He does need he either needs to be more engaged offensively, he needs to be more aggressive. And Reeves talked about it too, that the guards, that's our job. We need to get him involved because we know he's like that. And whether that's calling for him to do pick and rolls, whether that's feeding him the ball more. You know, he only had, I think, nine field goal attempts. He, he's not going to score that much if he's only going to shoot nine times. So that's on him, and that's also on his players. They have to feed him the ball. How many times do you know this? That's the number one thing bigs complain about, right? I don't care if we're playing pickup. Yep. I, I've never played a game of basketball where a big hasn't came up to me and be like, "Hey, man, give me the ball." Right? <laughs> they always think that, but they also they need the ball because since they don't handle it, it has to come to them. And the only way it right. comes to them is either get the rebound or I have to pass it to you. So that's that's as you know the number one complaint bigs have. Is, hey, I'm, I'm 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 cutting. I'm putting my hands up at the block and you're not seeing me and like I'm getting frustrated. Feed me the ball. So Reeves kind of talked about that as well. We have to do stuff to get them involved when we know that's happening because if not he's getting discouraged or he's not as aggressive and then we're not feeding him, It it starts to to cascade into like an off night. And the interesting thing about AD and this will, I think be true for the rest of his career at this point is that if you think he's like trash or whatever, you're going to have games like this to prove it. And if you think he's one of the best players on the planet, you're going to have the games like the night before to prove it. And that's kind of the duality of AD. He's going to give you those, whatever your opinion of him is, you could make a 20-minute YouTube video that makes you look right. And there's also a 20-minute video that can make you look wrong. So you kind of have to see it. I think day-to-day, day, that's what kind of what I, I was kind of getting at with my article, is that when you add it all up, there's like 60 good games and 20 bad games. And I feel like the 20 bad ones, they get so loud. I'm like, well, actually, if you keep track. Like, right, we've talked about all these games. Tonight, we talk about one bad AD game and two really good ones and one decent one. You'll take that from, from your start. With Braun, we didn't really have any bad games. But, again, LeBron James, historically, he's in the God mode level. I think yeah. it's fine only if he's more of a Paul assault thing. The only one – and it's crazy.
1: It's, this is what how great LeBron is, is. The only one you could argue is the one he – already he still had a triple-double, but he turned the ball over so much, and I don't think his defense was very good against Sacramento. That's exactly. the only one you can argue this week. He's been pretty stellar, especially the last two wins. He's averaging 36 points the last two wins.
0: Yeah, that's just. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we're ever gonna see that at this age. We'll see. Maybe, maybe Steph can do it. I don't know, but mm-hmm. it, 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 that remains to be seen. Um, I'll be definitely be curious to see how Steph kind of ages in the, in the next coming years. Can, can he still be as productive as he is now? Um, if if Steph doesn't do it, I, it, it's just hard. That's so many years. You have to be good, and you know, we talk about being good and lucky. You have to not have one of those like achilles tears and like a rotator cuff go so it's not even about how good you are i think there's players that could have done it but injury x happened and to not have a injury of that magnitude playing th- this kind of sport for two decades and that that's another thing to ask you <laughs> to do and that's out of your control you know so we'll see how that continues all right so moving on Upcoming games this week, uh, we already on, We already finished the Monday game, so we're jumping into Tuesday here since it, it's Monday night right now. We got Lakers against your favorite, Dime, the Utah Jazz.
1: Trash. So who do you have?
0: <laughs> That's right. It's an NBA in-season tournament game. The NBA in-season tournament games happen on Tuesdays and Fridays. This is the one for the Lakers against Utah, 7 o'clock on TNT. Who do you have winning?
1: Lakers especially cause it's at home. The jazz are night and day road and home and in season tournaments done the Lakers. Well, so
0: far, I got the Lakers winning by double D's. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good with that. I, I agree as well. I don't think Utah's, I, I don't know. I'm not gonna say they're a bad team, but I, I just feel like the Lakers are going to take care of business. So I feel May, pretty comfortable. Maybe, with maybe that. a little THT revenge game. <laughs> Look, I, 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 I'm going to tell my THT story here. Um, THT was uh, a cruel lesson for me in Tape Don't Lie. I was a big THT fan, and the season before he got traded, or the season like, before his last season with the Lakers, um, I, I wanted to do, a, I did do a deep dive into the THT film. So the way I do deep dives on film for myself is when I'm trying to find out like the big picture of a player, I will look at all their games and look at the game logs. And obviously I watched them when they happened. But in the summer, I look at the games, and then I, I try to pick five games where you look statistically amazing and five games where you look statistically bad. So I can kind of get a better picture. So I'm not, I'm not gonna watch 82, but I'm like, okay, let me watch 10 of them. And I watch every minute you play. And I only watch the minutes you play. And I only watch mainly your movement on the ball, off the ball. I'm not even watching the basketball. I'm watching you. And the basketball is like, if it's on you, cool. But if not, it doesn't matter. I'm watching you. And I, wa- and I write down my thoughts before the film and I write down my thoughts during the tape and then after. And th that's when I knew THC wasn't, wasn't the guy that I thought he was going to be. Because I was like, again, the tape is in line. I'm like, oh, you don't know the offense. You're not good on the on the wings defensively. You're kind of not get lucky, but you kind of just like when things break down, you just kind of cook a little bit and it's exciting. But when I actually watched it, I was like, I don't think you have the tools for this. And I was like, oh, no. And it was so awkward because on Twitter, everyone's so excited. I'm like... I watched the tape, and if the tape and my eyes are right, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna go the way we think it is. And unfortunately for THT, that's kind of came true, and he hasn't really like materialized into like a potential all star. So no, I do not think we're gonna get a THT <laughs> revenge game against uh, the Utah Jazz. But I'll be curious to see. It was disappointing. It's tough when you find out uh, Santa Claus isn't real, and that, that was my moment with THT there. <laughs> all right. So for Wednesday. Uh, Clippers, Spurs again. I thought they just played the Spurs. I guess guess they're going back to back there. Uh, what's going to happen this time?
1: We're going to win again because they don't have Devin Vassell. and not a very good team. They're not even a very good team with Devin Vassell, but without him, they're no. Clippers going to win. When he doesn't get hot
0: from the field. The nah. shooting doesn't hit. For even even no. if he does,
1: we're still going to have too much. They can't guard us. I mean, we're we're a pretty good team with James Harden starting and Westbrook coming off the bench. Like it's definitely a. a it's back to we're in the conversation. Okay.
0: No, I, I kind of agree with that. It's always tough to win back-to-backs like that. Like I said, I usually just give you one of the L's just because something it's weird will happen. It's hard to beat but... to
1: him, the same NBA team two times in a row, but San Antonio yeah. and the Clippers are just the gap. Like, Legitimately, like no disrespect to Wemby, but Harden might be the best player if they put him in the Spurs right now.
0: He's still that good. Um, I think so. Yeah, I, I would probably agree with that. Yeah, no, he'd be, yeah, he'd be that good. You're right. All right. After that, we have – or not after that. Same night, we have Lakers versus Dallas. Ooh, I mean Dallas has been so good. Unfortunately, I'm gonna fun. have to go. Yeah, it'll be it will be fun. You got Jay Kidd, you know, coaching. Used to be uh part of the Lakers coaching staff. Obviously, Lucas cooking, Dallas has looked great. Kyrie's in action, you know, so and Dallas has just been so good. I, I have to give it to Dallas. I think that Dallas takes care of business there. What about you? Is it in Dallas? I believe so. No, no, it's here in it's here in LA. It's here in LA.
1: Man, that would be four Laker wins in a row. I'm going to go with an L, honestly. But it's going to be really close. It's going to be like another thriller. You know, the Lakers have had some thrillers with Dallas at Staples Center lately. Maxi Cleaver game winner. Another
0: back-to-back? You think it's going to be a... uh...
1: Well, you're playing on Wednesday and Thursday or Wednesday and Tuesday? Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday, oh yeah,
0: tomorrow's Utah. Oh yeah, loss. I'm going to loss. Yeah, right. Like I just think it's it's tough. I mean, we just saw the back-to-back fiasco, and whew, yeah, yeah. So okay, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm obviously I'm, I'm always I always tell people that to I'm pulling for a win, but like if you're asking me my professional opinion, I'm gonna have to say yeah, it's gonna be tough to win on the back-to-back against Dallas. So really, it can go the other way. If they have to beat Utah, if they lose to Utah, and then you have to go the next night against Luca and them. You don't want to do that. So so beat the Jazz and then give yourself the feeling of okay, we won three in a row. We win the fourth grade. If not, also it's an in-season tournament game with, with Utah. So there's gonna be maybe a little bit more focus on it just to uh you know ensure they, they get a good placement and all that. So we'll see. All right, Friday. We have um, I believe let me double check. I think it's Clippers New Orleans, right?
1: Yes, I'll be there in-season tournament, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the
0: Friday nights. Into yeah, you're getting see you're you're getting into it. I see it. I see it. And well, you just tattoos Tuesdays <laughs> and Fridays. Yeah. But you, you pointed it out. I think that's you kind of buying into the, the concept here. Well you know? the court is interesting when you go to a game and see it. Oh, yeah. How was the Clippers Court? I, I saw it on TV, of course, but I, I haven't seen it in person. How did it look in person?
1: Not I like the color. The only thing is I don't like the clips in the middle that we have on our on our city edition jerseys this year. It just looks very like a kid made it in like computer science <laughs> class in elementary school but
0: what, what do you prefer you want like los angeles you want like what would it, you want clippers, as a, like, you los mean? angeles
1: i just don't even like that that shade of navy blue it's just like I mean, we've never worn it like i don't think it's just not it but new yep. orleans we struggle with the last couple of years like in this Kawhi paul george era we've struggled with new orleans but it always feels like one of their big three is out cj brandon ingram or zion so you know what i'm gonna say the clippers get another win here and build a little streak we had a four-game winning streak after the five-game initial losing streak when we got Russ. Same thing with Harden's yeah. five-game losing streak. We've now won two. We beat the Spurs on Wednesday. That'll be three, and then New Orleans makes four. So I think we're gonna do the same.
0: You know what? I'm I'm with you. I I think New Orleans. Yeah, I think someone will be missing from there. It just just a hunch I have, and yeah, I think they keep it going and they they get the form together build that camaraderie feel like hey we're we're, we're onto something here so yeah I'm, I'm going with you with that one all right saturday i believe we have both teams playing we got lakers against uh the Cavs, and then we have clippers dallas so lakers Cavs. i'm gonna go with the lakers win there uh i just think they're gonna take care of business there they'll have a couple days off from that wednesday so there's like a little bit of a cushion in, there. in, in l.a here no, no no they're gonna be at cleveland Ooh. So I'm going, I'll go, I'm going to go with the Lakers. Lakers are going to take care of business. I, okay. I feel like they'll have enough rest because, you know, obviously they're going to travel. Um, let me just double check. Yeah, yeah they're, yep, they're at Cleveland. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go Lakers there. What do you think? Do you think uh, Cleveland gets revenge there on, on LeBron leaving again? I'm going with the Cavs in a close one. Wow. Okay. Okay. And how about Clippers Dallas? Your, your favorite, Luca? <laughs> I'll say they break our streak. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go with yeah, I'm gonna go with the same thing. I guess we just both think Kylie of Dallas at this point. That one's gonna be on NBA TV, yeah, so in, it will be national. They're, they're just in very good form right now. So I'll give they them are, the credit. Yeah. They're probably the with Murray's injury, they're probably the right now the best team in the West. I don't do power rankings, but if I did, I probably would probably put them at the top at this
1: point. People are talking Minnesota, but I haven't watched them play in a while, so I gotta check them out.
0: I just I it's yeah, I have to watch them more too. I just it's just I find it hard to buy into Minnesota. I the, my Minnesota stock, I'm like, "You know what? You're going to you you can buy some." I'm, I'm what's good. Your, what
1: do you think what's your main issue? Do you think Ant is not ready to lead a team past the first round or something?
0: I like Ant, I just don't like much of the rest of the team. Go Bear. Yeah, go Bear.
1: Yeah, yeah and, go yeah.
0: Bear and all that. I I just don't think and then unless they get Yeah, even if they get a top seed, I would have I would have to depend on the matchup. I I, I still struggle seeing them get out of the first round. Uh, depending on the matchup. If they play someone weak, like I don't know, if somehow it's New Orleans or something, sure. But I think I just I just struggle to see them winning a seven game series against many of the Western conference teams.
1: Their second best player is Gobert right now, right? On the way they're playing, I would think. That's yeah. that's what I've heard more of. Yeah. I mean, I always I made a declaration back in my Utah trash hating day. I still hate him, <laughs> but um, I said that Rudy Gobert was never gonna be the second best player on a conference finals team. So I'm gonna stick with that. I'm never gonna go away from it.
0: Yeah, if if the playoffs started now, which obviously we're we're really like you know guessing here, they would probably play the Rockets. I would definitely take them over the Rockets, but that's about it. After that, it would be Mavericks or Kings in the first in this in the in the yeah, second round. Yeah, they're not. Clippers would right. be the 11th seed
1: right now, right? Yep. Okay,
0: yeah. well, so we yeah. we've got a ways to go. And I don't like think this people. is gonna change. The Warriors is a 10 seed. Uh, I mean, I I think they'll get it together. I'm not – it's it's way too early for that. But, yeah, technically the Timberwolves have the best record right now. Um, But, yeah, it's just – I just struggle to buy stock into any Rudy Gobert team. Uh, Anthony Edwards is the guy, though. He's he's phenomenal, so I'm a big fan of his game. All right, cool. And then we have – on Monday, we're gonna have, we'll see how we're gonna do the pod because we have quite a few games here. We got Lakers at Philly at four o'clock on NBA TV, and we got Clippers versus Denver seven thirty also on NBA TV. So I guess we're just gonna stay on NBA TV all day there. Um, So Lakers Philly. Personally, I have the Lakers winning that one. How about you? You're playing in Philly. Hmm.
1: Oh, I'm taking the Sixers, the, the Philadelphia Clippers with Nicholas Batum, Patrick Beverly, and Robert Covington. Of course, I'm taking them. They're in great form right now. I love the way they play. <laughs>
0: For a minute there, I'm like, did he did he accidentally name the team wrong? they am like, oh okay, I get it, I get it. <laughs> yeah, Philly's good, Philly's good. I have a lot of Philly friends. You you know a couple of Philly people too. So, um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, and then Clippers, Denver. You know what? I feel like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Clippers again. I'm gonna say they're gonna win. Yeah, that we're gonna one.
1: win. I, we're at home in season tournament. We're gonna win this one. No, not in season tournament. It's a Monday game. All right. Okay. Well, I'll be there. It's gonna be re- that's Reggie Jackson's return game. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. be. That's gonna be. I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but it's a huge deal for Clipper fans. No,
0: so. no, no. hundred percent. I, I think Reggie Jackson. Yeah. It's one of those like he's one of those fan favors. There's certain yeah. teams like we love them more than any other team's gonna love them. Yeah. And th- that's what that's what he is for that. So I mean, no, he, I I hundred percent agree. He's part of our
1: most successful season, and he was such a big part of it because when Kawhi went down, we needed scoring, and the man literally turned into Kyrie
0: in the playoffs that year so, so yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean every team has that yeah for sure they have those so, players yeah. that, okay we love them from that moment all They're right so we'll see what happens there uh really excited for this uh week's slew of games again everyone if you celebrate thanksgiving enjoy the turkey enjoy the sides dime actually give me your top three thanksgiving foods
1: well i would put turkey in there just because it's 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 got to be in there it's the signature but yep, yep. there's this cream corn that my mom's cousin make that's really good. And then my mom makes mashed potatoes that I would take over any mashed potatoes in the world. So I would
0: say those are my three favorite. You? All right. I'm actually going to look at my slack because <laughs> I'm traveling to Texas uh, to visit family. And then my boss is like, I will help accommodate that if you tell me what your three <laughs> your three uh, foods are. And then if I agree with that. So let me let me pull it up here because I forgot. I know I said turkey because like you said, I'm like, it, it's kind of a safe answer. But he's also like, that's that's my truth. know like i i'm down with the turkey so all right let me go here apparently me and my boss message he messaged me a lot (laughs) all right let's see if i can uh pull it up here um so we got turkey i got uh mashed potatoes and stuffing i really like stuffing the sides are really the thing but again if you if you do the turkey right I mean, how many, how often are you really eating turkey? Like, I feel like, it, like you said, it's a staple. So give me that, give me the mashed potatoes, uh, give me the stuffing and we're good to go. Yeah, feel that. You can't go wrong there. All right, let's do it. All right, so that's it here for basketball on Figueroa. That is the end of episode five. I'm Edren Garcia. That was slash is Darian Vaziri, a.k.a. Dime Dropper. And we out.